You are tuned in to Adelante with Arlene. Today, you will be listening to an excerpt on the topic of repentance. What does it mean? Why do I need to change? And how can I change? Let's get right into it. Yesterday, I was listening to a teaching, a biblical teaching on um, YouTube from a known preacher teacher. And I was very blessed as I heard him repeat the word repentance. Um, I love the way he explained uh, the use of that biblically and the misuse of that in a sense of the way so many Christians are, uh, are constantly might be saying it and using it in a way, I, I believe, more in a, in a way of condemnation. That's what it sounds like when you're on the other end of it. As you all know, I'm a Christian. I've been a Christian going on 30 years now. And what I'm going to speak about is based upon my studies in the Word and in school and New York City, as well as um, the teachings that I've had from the Word through the years, through my pastors in New York, as well as even here in Florida. Now, every day I learn more and more that I might have been reading the word and misinterpreting something, or um, I, in my natural sense, might have applied that incorrectly or taken it out of context, I might say. But the word of God never comes back void. And what I mean by that, when we take it in and we read it, and we believe what we're reading by the power of the Holy Spirit, he illuminates that word, yes? He illuminates that word. And we are able to see beyond the natural and see the supernatural in the words and how they pertain to us and apply to us and help us in our lives. When I first came to the Lord, I had just accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. What do I mean by that? I confessed him. And I said, Lord, I need you. I need you in my life. I am so like unsure of so many things in my life. I know I'm not comfortable with the decisions I have made in my life. I just need you. I need a savior. I feel like I am at my wits end and everything is too much going on. Well, I'm a former uh, New York City recording artist from the 80s, a freestyle dance music. During those times, you know, everything was busy, busy, busy. And I went through some ups and some downs in my personal life and life. And since I had poor coping mechanisms, I really wasn't good at resolving my problems. The only way I knew how to resolve was with either my only reference was that in which the way my family chaotically resolved things or how I had to learn things by myself. And guess what? They were not good. And therefore, a lot of that stuff, as I was growing up, I was 19 when I got signed, and now I was in my late 20s, had corrupted my mind. I'm not blaming my parents. I'm stating that it was handed down to me some behaviors, some ways of thinking that um, really messed me up in a way that I didn't feel I had emotional stability. Well, again, I don't blame the parents because no one is perfect, and they were not in the Lord. My mother now is serving the Lord for many years, thank the Lord. My dad is not, unfortunately. So I grew up of secure, a secure young girl with having all the monetary things that I needed. We lived in a house. I, I never did without when it came to financially. But I felt that I was a little emotionally bankrupt. My dad loved me dearly, but he was very dysfunctional, a drinker. He never, never hit me, but he did 
uh, verbally abuse me and my mother and my sister. So that took a toll on my emotions. It took a toll on my psyche or my understanding of my identity with all the words I had heard. So the reason I'm giving you this back uh, story is that when I came to the Lord, I know that I confessed that he was my that he that I needed him that I recognized that I needed the Savior. I happened to have been at a, a church. It was a young adults event, and um, my friend then had already been serving the Lord for three years. She also had been in the music business, and she took me to this church and I heard the word of God. And by the end of the sermon and the teaching, I really felt touched in my heart that I had a need, a need, a need for something greater to intervene in my life. So why am I saying to you this backstory? Because I really didn't understand what repent meant. I just knew that I needed the Savior, that I needed something greater than myself to come into my life and to take help me and to guide me, and to teach me, and to instruct me, and to give me a family of believers where I might be able to learn more about who I am in him and how not to be who I was then a day at a time. So repentance was like the last word I wanted to hear. I used to hear that like, repent, repent, that you will burn, all, all this stuff. And I get that old school mentality, and you hear it in some places in New York in the street or somewhere else. But the truth of the matter is... The definition of it is to be called out, okay, to be summoned, okay, to be summoned out, to be called out. A person who is in need of, of acknowledging their ways and desiring and knowing that those ways, there's a need for them to change, to repent, because they go contrary to the way God created us to originally be. And the Bible tells us that. And while none of us are perfect, repentance calls us to a change away from something that's not beneficial to us, not lining up with what he wants for us because what he wants is the best. And going forward, like my show is called Adelante to go forward, sigue adelante, sigue adelante to go forward with God. But when you first hear it, repent, 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 you know, that word, you know, is pretty, it, it, it's, it's pretty harsh. It's pretty harsh because you're like, what, what are they saying? I mean, they're like, they're, you know, they're condemning me because that's the way I associated the word repentance, like condemnation. But as I continue to learn and grow in the Lord, you will meet some people that will talk like that. So what did that happen to you? You need to repent. I learned that in reality, repentance is what happens when you have learned about who you are in Christ Jesus and who he says you are, which causes you then to want to change, repent, and turn away from the ways that you used to be and instead walk forward into the direction he wants for you. And a day at a time, allowing the Holy Spirit to shine light upon those areas in our heart that have been corrupted by our behavior, by the world, by the things that were spoken to us that were not beneficial, then, and only then, I believe that repentance can occur because at first, you don't know. You give your heart to the Lord and you know you need him, 
And as you continue to read the word of God, you realize, and it's like a mirror that, oh, I did that. And, and oh my God, that, that, that really is not beneficial. Oh, oh. So what is beneficial? And then the word of God tells you that. It will tell you. It will tell you who you are. You start understanding your identity when you read the word of God. And little by little, who you used to be is not who you want to be anymore. Because you become enamored, you become in love with the Lord and what he says about us and how much he loved us. And even more so that he died on the cross for us. I am going to read on the love of Christ for us. The word of God in John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. The scripture that tells us, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Hmm. What greater love could anyone else have for us the Lord loves us. The Lord God loves us so much that he gave Jesus Christ as a sacrifice for me and you. Sometimes that scripture is said so many times that even I as a Christian kind of get so used to hearing it that I sincerely have no longer taken the grasp of the reality and the incredible gift that was given to you and to me of love of unconditional love so when we are called to repent it is not because we are being called and beat down in condemnation but we're called to believe in the one which is christ jesus that can help us live a better life turn away from those things that now are exposed in our lives that are no good for us and walk forward and and turn our back to those things from the past that brought us no good or don't line up with the word of God. So repentance, I feel, could only happen when you first understand and believe that God sees us the way we don't see ourselves. So when you start seeing yourself the way God sees you and me, it's going to cause you to not be the way you were, talk the way you were, act the way you were, dress the way you were used to, react the way you used to, or I used to, because you're so in love with him and you realize that that just doesn't do any good. Or that there's this baggage or this like stuff that we bring in to um, our day-to-day -day that needs healing in our heart. So now I feel that before you can see the fruit, the evidence of that repentance, before we can actually see ourselves walking away from what we used to do and walking towards God, before we can actually see that in our lives, we first have to understand that our heart is deceitful. I'm going to read what the Word of God says about our heart. So let's check our heart. Okay, let's check our heart. So we have confessed the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives. We now feel this incredible feeling because it is this kind of this love, this warmth, this something starts happening that our barriers start breaking down our walls. And believe me, I had a lot of walls. 
But still, there are issues that still need to be resolved. So while I might have seen that some behavior in my life was inappropriate and I asked God to forgive me, there's still a whole lot of other things that I wasn't aware were not beneficial and were not only hurting me but others. And day by day, I no longer did want to act that way, talk that way, as I said, speak, speak that way, look that way. I grew to to be more patient, more loving, more kind. Now, that didn't happen automatically. That was a process. And I believe repentance is a process. Once you understand who you are in Christ Jesus, a day at a time, it makes you more and more want to walk towards him and away from those things that were not good for you in your past. So when we give our heart, this is what you hear us say a lot, we give my heart to the Lord. What does that mean? When we confess and say, Lord, come into our heart, so Lord, forgive me. I don't even know half of the things I've done, but there are some things you are aware. And I was aware that I did do. It just didn't feel right. Didn't feel right in my life. It might've been unforgiveness. It might've been, um, it's just any kind, anything that the word of God says, um, is contrary to what he wants for us in our lives. Um, something that's not beneficial. The word of God says that everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. In other words, you have free will and I have free will to do whatever we want to do. But the truth of the matter is, is everything beneficial? Absolutely not. And although we always say, it's my life, I'll live it my way. There might come a time in your life, especially during these times, as it had for me in my late 20s, where you're going to realize that you're hitting walls constantly and that you're reacting the same way constantly and that nothing ever seems to change around you. And I came to the conclusion that the person that had to change was me. And I propose this question to you. Have you ever met someone who always was acting the same way? Hmm. And were they always reacting the same way? And most of the time it wasn't good for them or for anybody else around them? Well, I was one of those people. So when I came to Christ, I had to check my heart. When I read Ezekiel 36, 26, it says that God says here, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. And I will remove you, your heart of stone, and I will give you a heart of flesh. And one of the translations, it also says uh, that God will give us, um, remove the heart of stone and give us a heart, a tender heart. Sometimes we run away from all the good things that we are. We might be kind, really kind people, and maybe we felt like a doormat that people stepped on us. Maybe we, we were very um, affectionate people, and yet we felt we got so hurt that we put up walls. These things have happened to many of us. And I, for one, can tell you that it was a process before I would allow anybody in or let anybody even hug me. But I had to check and understand that God said that he can give me a new heart. So that heart of stone that I had, he will make it malleable and tender again as it was intended to be. I used to always hear, you know, um, like let the, your heart like lead you or, you know, uh, like make your decisions based upon what's in your heart. But when I read the scripture, I had an awakening. In Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. There's also a scripture that says that the heart can be quite deceitful. So you see, I, I'm not going to lead by my heart because my heart has been broken. My heart has been corrupted. My heart has not been clean enough for me to make decisions based upon what I feel in my heart. See, because in my heart, I romanticized relationships only to receive the hurt and the pain 
this is prior to Christ in my life and prior to getting married. In my heart, I loved others with all that I had, but they crushed my heart. And then now my heart became just became stone. So I can't trust my heart. The word of God says that. But I can trust the spirit of God in me to illuminate and to let me see those things that are good, righteous, holy, according to his word, and those things that are not. There's so many times, guys, with the mouth that I've had, that I have wanted to just be the way I used to be, speak as I want to speak, resolve as I used to resolve, especially when I get angry, especially when someone gets on my nerves. But as I grew in the things of God, and it took me a while, a step at a time, I realized that literally not reacting in the same way was the best thing I could ever do. And it was showing that I did have power. Power enough in Christ Jesus through me to emulate that in which Christ wanted me to emulate. To not be conformed to the ways I used to be. And in each one of those situations where I had my back against the wall and I was persecuted, um, criticized by even a believer at church or someone at work that just wanted to just constantly get on my nerves. Each one of those times that I did not react in the manner in which in my past I would have told them about themselves, they happened to come to me years later one by one to ask for forgiveness when I was no longer at that job. Somehow I even bumped into them. Yeah, like a big city in New York, I did. Or they called me and they apologized for their behavior but I had already forgiven them. So what I do now, because I've learned, is to forgive them, turn them over to God, also check myself and see if I had anything to do with the way they might have reacted to whatever it might have been that caused this irritation, this problem. In the book of uh, Romans 12, 2, the reason I don't act the same anymore is because I know this. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. There couldn't be any transformation. There couldn't be any repentance and then transformation in my life and in yours until I acknowledge that I needed God to help me renew my mind. When I renew my mind, then I stand on the belief system of who God says I am, who God says you are. And now I am able to not react in the same way because I'm not conforming myself to the ways and the patterns of this world or the past. It doesn't mean that there are not times you need to speak up and defend yourself. It doesn't mean that you are a doormat and let people step over you. It means that when you cross over to the other side to where they're at in their irritating you and their um, agitation towards you or negativity towards you, when you step into that same bubble with them, you are now powerless. But when you leave yourself outside of it and continue to be prayerful and not react and conform yourself to the ways of the past, you now have power. Because I assure you, the reflection of Christ is going to be on you. And sooner or later, people will see something different in you. And that change in that belief system of who you're created to be is what calls us to repentance in our lives. I've been in the Lord for 30 years. Next week, on October 31st, it makes 30 years. Praise God. And I can tell you that I still have to repent for things I've said, thought, or done, or thought about doing that would not be pleasing 
for me, but most of all, pleasing to the Lord. Because I am human and I live on this earth, but I've chosen to not resolve in the ways that I used to. And I choose to repent from the ways of my past and walk forward and seguir adelante to what he has for me in the future. And I'm hoping that you would do that too. It's important that we live in our present, guys. In the present, with Christ, in the moment, as we walk towards our future. I know that right now our future is very unknown to us, but it's not unknown to God. And there's not a minute or a second of the day that we can take back. So let's do, make the best of the time we have, no matter what the circumstances are. I know that I am speaking maybe to people who are saying, listen, I don't have this, I don't have that, I don't have nothing to eat. Trust the Lord, because God has made a way when I lost my jobs and didn't have money as a single woman. When I didn't have money to pay the rent, I got taken care of and helped by the body of Christ, by the church in New York City. When the pandemic came and my husband lost his job in the food industry and we had just moved in to a house rental, I could have panicked. We could have panicked, but instead we trusted in the Lord and we sent out prayer requests to the body of Christ in our church so they would help us and pray in one accord with us so that we may be uplifted and God would shine light on the newness that was to come. But I want you to remember the word repentance and that repentance is not a word of condemnation. No. To me, repentance is a word of, of allowing us to see where we're at and where we want to be. When we repent, it's only when we're able to understand, again, the errors of our wrongs or our wrongdoing. And now we have a desire for something different. We want a freedom of being free from some of the things that have kept us in bondage. So there's a freedom that comes when you start walking with Christ Jesus and we, a day at a time, repent from our ways of the past and we start understanding, which I'm going to get into those scriptures, who God says we are and no longer see ourselves in the way we used to. So now we don't want to be that way. Sure, something inside of us needs to change. Only through the power of God can we do so and through his scriptures and his words. So the word of God reminds us in Galatians 4, 7, that we are no longer slaves, but that we are God's child. And since we are his child, he, God has made us an heir. Mm -mm -mm. So now I am not a pauper. Now I am not a beggar. No matter what situation I'm in or you're in, you are a child of God. And repentance is not a word of condemnation. Repentance is the fruit. It's what happens after you have allowed yourself to invite the Lord God into your life and allow him to illuminate those areas in your life and in my life that need to be changed and need to be healed. The word of God says, and this is something I always remembered, you know, you always hear that you're crucified with Christ. What does that mean? I'm crucified with Christ. I'm not on the cross. He paid the price for you and me. So in this scripture, the word of God in Galatians 2.20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ and I, am no, long, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So when I read this, and I, I have like 
cried and cried when I, when I would read the scripture. Because when I see any movies now that try to show the crucifixion to the best that they could as, 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 as bloody as, as it, it seems, it was worse than that. I can assure you that when I grab a hold of that and that scripture that he was crucified for me and you, something happens inside of me that just pushes me down and allows me to say, I need to nail that to the cross, whatever it is my issue. I need to give that to you, God, because I am crucified like you, Lord, and I no longer live. I mean, the things of my passion no longer live. My nastiness should no longer live in me. My lack of compassion should no longer live in me. So now I repent. Now I ask God to forgive me. And I ask God to help me move forward from that behavior. And now I change. And now there's fruit, fruit, goodness that starts coming into my life. I've, I've just briefly talked to you about our heart very briefly and told you how the heart of man, of, of women is deceitful. And why it's deceitful? Because of all the things we've allowed to infiltrate, to come inside that heart, that we've never guarded our heart. And that's something we still have to do till this day. I also spoke to you that repentance is not a word of condemnation. To me, it's more of an illumination. It's more something that happens really after I have already allowed God to show me those things inside of me that need to be changed, that I want to have changed. Because there are times that I hold on to things so tight and um, I find myself like boxed in. And it's because I haven't turned them over to God and God has the power to help me. He's already illuminated the problem. He's already shown me the issue. He's already told, showed me that I'm not resolving things in the right way. There's nothing beneficial about it, but yet I haven't let it go. Just when I let it go, I go and search the scriptures and the word that I'm able to understand that there needs to be a repentance. There needs to be a turning away from my past and uh, coming into my new. Real repentance is changing our mind on who we are and changing our belief system that has formed that identity as we now see it. Because my identity and yours is found in Christ Jesus. The word of God says, and I will close with this, in Psalm 139, 14, I praise you because I, because you are fearfully made. Your works, O God, I know that full well. Mm -mm -mm. How do we change our identity when we confess this? Second, and believe it. You have to believe it. You can't just say it without believing it. Second Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Amen. Know this, that in all these things, you are more than conquerors through him who loved you. This is Romans 8, 37. And who loves you. Real repentance, real change of mind comes when we believe not what we thought about ourselves, not what was told to us, but what God says about us. God says in Ephesians 2.10 that we are his handiwork, that we are created in Christ Jesus to do all good works. We're not junk. To do all good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Real transformation happens. That's when your heart changes. And now you called out to repentance. It's only when you know what you, that you are seeing things the wrong way, that your belief system has been corrupted, that you can then see the truth of what and who you really are and what you really can be a day at a time. So I say to you, do you want to be transformed? Do you want to discover 
what and whom you really are in Christ Jesus, what your identity is, not what you do for work. You can discover that today. You just open your heart and say, Lord, I welcome you into my heart. I welcome you into this corrupted heart. And I ask you to come in and help me. I am desperate. I need you to show me by the power of your Holy Spirit who you are, what you want me to be, because I want to serve you, God. I don't know how, but I know you will show me. So I say to you today, do you want to be transformed? Transformation and repentance to turn away from your old ways can only happen if you change your mindset. And your mindset could only be changed through the word of God. We renew our mind in the word of God. We take it in, eat it, and believe it. We take it in and wear it. Wear it with the, the honor in which he has allowed us in humility to wear. Do you want to be transformed today? I believe that, that, that belief, that your belief system, what you believe about yourself and repentance, they go hand in hand. Mark 1.15. Time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe. So repentance comes together with our belief system. You have to believe, you have to believe that there is a need for you to repent and turn from your ways. You have to believe. And how did I get illuminated? By the power and the word of God. That is how I saw what needed to be changed in me. And that's how I see to this day what needs to be changed in me. Brothers and sisters, this is an ongoing process. This is not just a process of, I accept the Lord Jesus Christ and everything's going to be fine and dandy and you're living in some kind of crazy bubble. No, no, there will be trials and tribulations. How we react to these things, the things that we still need to repent as a people and as a church. The word of God says that if we seek his face humbly and repent and turn from our wicked ways, he shall hear from us and he will heal our land. You understand the word repent was in there. Don't ever think as repent being a curse word and a bad word because it is not. It's a very liberating word. But it is only when we understand where we're at in our flesh, in our natural, and where we should be, where Christ Jesus says who we are, that we can definitely repent from something that now we see it was not good from us, for us. So it's not a curse word. It's just been used the wrong way. So in Philippians 4, 8, it says, finally, brothers and sisters, this is important, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Hallelujah. This concludes the excerpt of my video that was on YouTube on repentance, why change, and how to change. As you can see, I get very excited when I speak the Word of God, and I pray that anything I've said has touched your heart in a special way to lead you to that place of repentance, knowing that there is forgiveness in Christ Jesus. And only through Him and His Word we will be able to renew our minds a day at a time and live life fully. Until next time, sigue adelante. And thank you for tuning in.